And welcome to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. This is Alexi Boyd. Thank you so much for joining me for another fabulous week of learning here on Small Biz Matters. Um, Firstly, I'd like to make a really exciting announcement, uh, which is that this is our sixth year. So we are now six years on air here at the lovely studios at Triple H 100.1. And I'm very excited to say that it's been six years of just glorious interesting interviews. I remain curious and intrigued and uh, looking forward to lots more interviews just like the ones we've got today. We've also cracked 10,000 downloads. So thank you so much for all of our listeners out there and our supporters. Um, And just keep on looking after community radio and keep looking for really good quality small business education because there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of people out there who claim to be, I would say, advocates in their fields, uh, but they're not really. They're just looking for their own um, interests. So have a think about who you consider to be your advocate and people who look after you. And today we've got two fantastic guests coming up on the program. We're going to be talking to Nicole O'Brien first, who is the CEO of Fishburners. And those of you who are familiar with the Sydney landscape will know that there are a bunch of really great incubators and accelerators out there for small businesses. And she's going to be talking through the process of what it means to be in um, in one of those programs. Then later at 9.30, I've got Dale Beaumont, who's going to be joining us. He is from Business Blueprint. Now, as well as being one of those rah-rah guys who stands up on stage and gets you really excited about being in business, he's very generous with his um, information and all of that he's learned in, in running a number of businesses himself. And he's also very supportive of the local business community. And for that, I thought I'd invite him on the program and he can share with us some of his secrets about processes and procedures and really nailing it. But first, let's have a chat to Nicole O'Brien. She is the CEO of Fishburners, which, as I mentioned, is one of the accelerator programs in Sydney. So what exactly is that? Startup hubs, accelerators, incubators. It sounds like a bit of a, a machine complex that's out there, and they seem to be popping up all over the place. Some are independent and others are run through university programs and through government. And what are they and how do they give businesses the edge when starting out? Are they just for techpreneurs who innovate in the digital world or other industries and sectors involved too? CEO of Fish, uh, Fishburners, Nicole O'Brien, is with us, and she's, uh, it's a not-for-profit enterprise dedicated to making the hardest thing you've ever done easier by providing the best facilities, resources, education support, and community of like-minded people. Welcome to the program, Nicole. Oh, well, thank you, Alexi. It's um, great to be here with you. Now, I'm really she- interested to find out all about... Uh, about these these programs because they, they seem to be all over the place. Little um, universities are running them for their students and I'm really fascinated to know what one of these programs mean and, and what it means to be going through the program. Tell us a bit about Fishburners to begin with. Well, Fishburners was established um, almost nine years ago now by um, a couple of guys who had spent some time over in Silicon Valley and saw um, how powerful it was for a group of like-minded people to come together, um, really, who were, were working on, on tech-based solutions at the time. Um, being over there and then coming back to Sydney, they saw that there was a, a real need for something like that here. And so they basically bankrolled setting up um, a small startup hub in um, Ultimo. And uh, really, that's where it, it all began. And, and since then, I think, you know, governments and and corporates and, and universities have all seen the incredible value in nurturing and supporting people who have, you know, great ideas and particularly ideas in, um, you know, the, the tech, tech-based tech industries where they can 
really um, address a large market and grow quickly. I think that's really what differentiates a startup from um, a small business. It's really that tech component. But having said that, there's a lots of different um, tech-based um, startups and solutions, everything from e-commerce, you know, websites through to, you know, software, new software applications, artificial intelligence applications. So there is a, and marketplaces. So there's lots that goes, that falls under that banner. Um, and we certainly cover the spectrum. We have around about 250 startups here in our Sydney-based hub. And then we also have 100 uh, startups in Brisbane. So it's really has been a thriving community, um, not thriving so much at the moment, obviously, as we've seen a lot of our um, you know, startups and small businesses, but certainly an area that we continue to invest in and that governments invest in as well. And it's interesting that we saw, once again, small business leading from the front. It was the small business who came up with this, I guess, this idea and then spreading it globally because the need was there. Just in general, do you think small businesses are a little bit better at coming up with these ideas and experimenting with them and fleshing them out and then government goes, oh, okay, that's a good idea. I think we'll support this. Uh, is that a fairly typical of what you see given that you work with a lot with entrepreneurs? Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's any sort of movement usually comes from the grassroots. You know, I think community is such a powerful force for, um, you know, developing new innovative ways of approaching, um, you know, different um, issues that, you know, we have. And, and as we can see, you know, obviously with community radio plays such a fabulous role in, in bringing, you know, um, unheard voices, you know, um, to the rest of the community. So, yeah, absolutely. I think definitely it's, it, was a, it was a grassroots movement and, um, you know, these are really switched on smart people um, that are about solving, you know, problems. And so, yeah, they absolutely, um, I think, showed government and the rest of the world that this was a, a you know, a great initiative for creating jobs and, and bringing new ideas and, you know, products and services to market. Let me, um, let's chat about uh, the actual process, because I think that if you're not part of that community and you haven't been through it yourself, it can seem like a little bit of a, a an, an emerald city, which you can't really grasp. Can you explain to me how people get involved with the program and then maybe through the step-by-step process of what, what going through um, that, that actually means? Yeah, sure. Look, we are, I mean, it's fairly, it's not a, a, a rigorous process to actually become a member of, um, and it, we're actually, a start, a Fishburner, sorry, is, is an incubator rather than an accelerator. So we are very, we are very much interested in early stage, um, you know, entrepreneurs. And so really, you just need to have um, a good idea. Um, and with, you know, we tend to like it to be tech based because we know that something that can be scaled. So it's really just understanding what the idea is and then um, connecting you into the community that we have. And it's a very much a peer-based, um, you know, model where we sort of say, okay, you come, you'll come into Fishburners and you'll be with a heap of other like-minded entrepreneurs who are really going to um, support you on your journey as well as having more structured um, learning weekly learning events, opportunities to do, you know, to, to pitch your idea to investors as w- and as well as a, a sort of a digital platform that we provide lots of educational resources and content for. So, but having said that, we do run more structured programs as well that people need to apply for. I've got one at the moment that is 
uh, for women. We find obviously it can be a bit daunting. Uh, there are some you know barriers to to women coming into, um, you know, startup hubs, you know, particularly there's financial barriers, but also I think it, as you sort of, you know, referred to that Emerald City and it's, it's been a very male-dominated um, environment and so we do a lot to encourage women to to take their ideas um, to the next level and so that program is a scholarship program for women uh, for women um, that is currently open to applications if anyone's in, any of your listeners are interested in applying and they can find that on our website fantastic and that's really important that we um, that we understand those programs particularly at the moment when we've we're reading in the newspaper and looking in the media that women have been hardest hit when it comes to job losses at the moment I'll come back to that whole where we're at and what you think the economy is going to do after this phase. But um, you mentioned before that you are uh, an incubator, not an accelerator. What's the difference? Uh, the, the key difference is really the stage of the startup. So incubators are, are designed very much for early in the early stages uh, when you're very much at that idea stage. And so it's really about providing sort of you know, mentoring and support for you to take your idea to, to the next level. An accelerator really is at the point where you've got a validated idea um, and you are in a position where you, you, can, you want to start to raise money to grow it. So accelera- an accelerator is really about accelerating that process. Quite often accelerators will invest money within the startup um, on, the, for a, on the basis of getting some equity back in return further down the track. So I think that's probably the key difference. So one is almost um, education-based and to me the word incubator sounds a little bit more nurturing and community-based, whereas an accelerator looks like, look, we we just want to kind of rocket ship this idea, we're going to invest in it, we're going to bring in more venture capitalists, I guess, um, and get it off the ground, but they might have some educational sides to things as well. Exactly. And and it's up to, I guess, the individual organisation how they choose to run their program. So there might be universities out there who have incubators or there might be those out there who have accelerators. It's really interesting to hear the difference. Yes. Um, Talk to me about why community and that notion of community amongst Mm. small business is such an important uh, fundamental building block for the idea of an incubator. Yeah, look, I I mean, I think, you know, any small business person, entrepreneur starting out with you, it's a, it's a lonely journey. And, uh, you know, you're starting out on your own and you're usually bootstrapping yourself to, to get a business off the ground. So having the support of other people, like-minded people who are doing the same thing, many of who have been, you know, um, on those journeys before with, with, a, with different ideas that maybe have failed or succeeded, is, is invaluable in terms of giving you that confidence to go it alone, but also in terms of learning, you know, what's gone on before you and being able to draw on those experiences. And um, so do you have people who have at variety of, I mean, how long absolutely. can you stay in the incubator? I mean, for me, it seems so nice and warm and cosy. I'd want to stay there forever and just keep getting that support. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, you stay for as long as you need, but obviously there gets a point where if you get to a certain size, we any when you get to a sort of a size where you've got a team of 10 people we we tend to exit people on to to other um you know hubs and usually by that stage they're wanting to go to their own sort of serviced um office by then so but look within that five years you'll get people that have come in with a particular idea it hasn't been validated so they've had to pivot or come up with something completely different or perhaps they've 
met another co-founder within, um, you know, the space and they've teamed up with them and they've both come up with, decided that they're going to work together on one of their ideas or a completely different idea, which is what happened to uh, the founder of Koala, uh, Koala Mattresses. He came and he had many startups that he had um you know, stopped and started and was at the point, I think, of despair when he was having chatting with another uh, founder over coffee and they came up with this idea, which is now, you know, an incredibly successful business, I believe, just been valued at uh, just over $150 million. So one of the luckier ones, you know, it can be a, a long road. But, you know, Danny had been going for many years um, before he came he came to that idea. And so it really depends on on your objectives as well. The objectives of some founders is really just to do something they're passionate about and to, you know, earn a, a living. For others, it's about, you know, scaling and being the, ne- the next Atlassian. So it's, you know, and everything in between. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, do you want a unicorn or do you want to just be able to stand on your own two feet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, tell me about the pitch uh, nights that you have because I know that they are quite well attended for people outside um, the, the the incubator outside Fishburners as well to come along because it's a great experience to be able to pitch to your I guess your colleagues or your uh, your community first how does how does that fit into the way that Fishburners works? Well, the pitch nights are they're not only a great opportunity to inspire you know all those other budding entrepreneurs out there, but they're a fabulous opportunity for our founders to get up in front of an audience um, and practice pitching their idea and getting audience feed. There's a panel of judges, but there's also um, the opportunity for the audience to participate as well in asking questions and judging those pitches at the end of the evening. So it's a really valuable way for for startups to um, articulate you know, the problem that they're solving um, and identifying, you know, the key um, issues that they need to address prior to getting in front of a VC, for instance, when they're at that point uh, where they're really wanting to raise um, funding to go to the next level. And and is that um, one of the things that makes Fishburners unique or is that fairly um, fundamental to all of the different Look, I think we're famous. I think I, we would have to claim that uh, um, that territory that we're definitely famous for our pitch nights. We've been doing them for such a long time now and we've done them relentlessly um, every Friday evening prior to COVID um, for, for many years now. And so we absolutely is um, something that people really love to get involved with and we usually have about two to three hundred people here every, you know, Friday evening, and they're not just here for the beer and pizza. They're they're here for to hear, you know, what are the great ideas? It's such a fascinating way to to hear about, you know, how this industry works and the ideas that people are coming up with, and and um, so many, you know, other ideas have been inspired by attending a pitch night. So many, we have so many new startups come into Fishburners as a result of having attended a, a pitch night previously. It's so it's such an awesome way to really use that community vibe and that spirit to encourage participation. I love the way also of collaboration and and feedback from the audience. Yeah. It's not just about the panel of judges or the VCs. It's about hearing from your community about exactly. what they think of your idea. Tell me about in, in your you know with with your swathe of experience and industry experience, particularly in this space. What do you think the next five years looks like for the startup field? 
Look, I think it it looks good. The great, I mean, the great thing about startups is that they don't need a lot to get started. You don't need a lot to get a good idea off the ground, particularly if it's te- you know if it is tech based. You you know you don't need a factory. You don't need a shop floor. Um, there's so many there's so many fantastic solutions already out there that people can tap into um, if they do have a good idea. I think the great thing is there's a lot of support out there for startups. I mean, the government. Um, and particularly now, you know, regional um, governments uh, have realised how powerful um, it is to nurture um, startups in terms of, you know, creating new jobs and, and new ideas. And so I do think that, you know, the future looks bright. I mean, clearly, you know, a lot of um, industries and sectors have been severely impacted uh, by COVID, the startup community included. I mean, if you were, you were a startup working in, the tra- in travel or education, You've certainly been significantly impacted um, by COVID, but you know, having said that, a lot of startups are very resilient, and because most of them are serial entrepreneurs, if one idea fails, the the next one's sort of sitting uh, there in the pipeline. So I think you know, absolutely, it the future looks bright. I think the way startups might engage um, with startup hubs like Fishburners will certainly potentially look a little bit different, um, and we've been working on addressing that during that you know this period by providing more online resources we're about to launch a new uh, founders hub so that we can really provide um, the resources and the connections that startups need anywhere anytime Um, but we're also looking at you know providing more flexible memberships I think a lot of people have realized they can work productively from home Um, and so we we need to be able to provide you know new new ways of, of addressing you know, those needs and so providing that flexibility and doing things like a part-time membership where people can come and hang out here for a couple of days but maybe spend the rest of the time at home um, just so they get that face-to-face connection and that vibe and the ability to to connect with other people, which, you know, as we've seen, is not so easy to do online. I mean, Zoom's great but, you know, it certainly has its limitations. Exactly, yeah. We, I mean, you do, you do I, was, I was curious to know how you're dealing with that loss of community and loss of human connection because I think when you are starting out whether you're in an incubator or not it's so important to have other people to bounce ideas off but also just to have that um being surrounded by other humans who are going through the same process I mean I can't imagine mother's groups you know going online (laughs) for the same reason and 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 so that's that's an interesting thing is that you think there'll be a bit a bit of a a cross-pollination between online learning and uh and being in-house how do you think that's going to affect the landscape in the city though because part of being in the city is being surrounded by so many different people. Mm. Do you think it'll change the vibe? Mm, absolutely. I've got to say it does worry me. Whenever I hear, you know, this talk of, of you know, the future of work is is here and people are going to be working from home, it worries me because so much of the infrastructure in, the, in our cities have been built around having all of these workers come in into the city. And, um, so I'm, I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and for how long. I just wonder how long people will feel that this working from home um, you know, concept is as great as they think it might have been over the last couple of months and where, or whether people are going to feel that they're really missing the connection of coming in and hanging out with their colleagues and going out for lunch and 
grabbing a coffee and it is it is potentially going to be very different in the city. I'm sitting in the city right now and it's been like a ghost town for the last couple of months. What about the so, diversification of having um, having more of these co-working spaces or these community uh, small business hubs in the outer suburbs? I mean, we've, we're, we're doing well in the regional areas, but I feel as though the, the outer ring of Sydney have been really left behind with this, even though we're trying to work and live closer to home. Um, would you like to see more of these uh, incubators and, and things like that or, or small business community hubs in the outer suburbs? Do you think that's yeah, a solution? That's- yeah, absolutely. I think that's we have you. You know, at the end of the day, you have to go where your market is, and so, um, you know, it, uh, we've seen how fabulous it's been to have the cars, you know, cars off the road, and so bringing services like um, you know startup incubators and accelerators and other you know other um, services out to where you know a lot of the population are makes a lot of sense. Indeed, it's just going to take a, a little bit of time, I think, for us to. Ad- and also to, to try and convince uh, the government that that is actually a need. Look, exactly. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us here on Small Biz Matters on the sixth anniversary edition. Thank you very much for being here for our special show. Um, where can people find out more about Fishburners? Uh, if they just go to fishburners.org, uh, we've got lots of information on our website and um, we, running, we run tours all the time. We welcome you. We're back open for business and... Um, you know, whilst, you know, where pitch nights haven't resumed yet, it should, they shouldn't be too far off. So check out the website. All the details are on there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. So now we're going to take some community service announcements. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Dale Beaumont, uh, the founder of Business Blueprint, all about really nailing those processes and procedures. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM.